Friends, as Ben mentioned, we are ending our series on beginnings and endings. I guess beginnings and endings was always going to become to an end. Um, and today we're in 2 Corinthians looking at what difference does this new creation reality we've been talking about, what difference does it make for mission? How we extend and express God's kingdom in Jesus. Paul says today, For the love of Christ urges us on, compels us, motivates us, because we are convinced that one has died for all, therefore all have died. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Today, friends, we proclaim the good news that Christ's new creation, the mission of new creation, is motivated by love, mediated in love, and it's a message of love. This is a reconciling, redeeming, restoring love that changes how we relate to each other. We regard everyone now as Christ. All things are new. All things. Let's look again at our world in love. This week, uh, posted something on his Facebook page about an interaction with someone in Tennessee. And I, I, uh, I, I sort of shared it, so some of you have read this already, but I want to share this story about what happened to my friend Jose because I think it's a beautiful example, picture of what we're talking about this morning. Jose lives in Cleveland, Tennessee, and he writes this. Today, I was verbally attacked by a woman who had a problem with me parking next to her at discount tires for being Hispanic. When I parked next to her and got out of the car, she said, I want to tell you something. You are so disrespectful. You could have parked anywhere else and you chose to park right next to me. You should know your place, boy, among us in this town. I replied, Madam, I am sorry I parked next to you. I didn't realize it was a problem for you. Please forgive me. The discount tire employee was standing next to her and did not utter a word. The lady replied, If you want to live in this town, you need to learn very quickly your place among us. Jose says, An overwhelming patience with her took over me. And I replied, Madam, Christ loves you, and I want to let you know that I love you too. The lady replied, you are not a Christian, I am a Christian. Don't fake like you are a Christian. People like you aren't Christians. The discount tires employee was standing next to her and did not utter a word. I replied, madam, I love you, and I am a Christian. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and you are my sister in Christ. I love you the way Christ loves you. And he wants to take away your burden. She replied, I don't want you to love me. I replied, that's okay. Jesus loves you regardless. And I love you regardless. The lady then cried 
and stayed in her car. Let's just have the Eucharist now. Can we just have the Eucharist now? We don't even need me to preach. Jose ends this by saying, Needless to say, the employee told me that he was shocked at her behavior and even more shocked as to why I was responding with love. My student, this is Jose speaking, my student Jalil Muhammad was there to witness the event as he was with me also and witnessed how Christ's love can conquer all darkness. Dr. Jose Valentino Ruiz is an associate professor of music and technology and music industry at Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee. It's a Christian university in Tennessee. And Jose today, in his story, gives us a picture of what new creation mission lives like. It's motivated by love, mediated in love, and it's a message of love. There's no argument, no antagonism, no fight. All violence ends and ceases. It's not, there's, it's not given back tit for tat. Jose refused to allow this woman to change the way he saw her or his posture or his message. There was just reconciliation, redemption, and an invitation to reorder the way she sees the world in Jesus. Today we proclaim this is new creation mission. It's motivated by love, mediated in love, and it's a message of love from beginning to end. It's a reconciling, redeeming, reordering reality that changes the way we regard each other even. We no longer see as we used to. The old is gone. The new has come. Everyone now is seen as Christ. Let's look again at our world, this time in love. Three quick points. I said them about six times already. They come out of 2 Corinthians. Mission in light of uh, new creation is, is motivated by love. It's mediated in love, and it's a message of love. See, Paul's writing to these people in Corinth, and Corinth was sort of like the Hollywood of, of Greco-Roman times. And what I mean by that is there were a lot of celebrities and the, the primary entertainment in Corinth was um, street philosophers who would stand on the corner and wax whimsical about philosophy. And they would get big crowds and people would gather around and you know, applaud and ask questions. So in his first letter to Corinth, Paul's basically saying to them, listen, some of you are saying, I follow Paul, I follow Cephas, I follow Apollos. And he's trying to undercut the celebrity culture of Corinth this is one of the reasons why he says, I've, I've, I made a commitment among you not to play that game. But I, 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 I purposed to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified so that you may know the power of God, not, not celebrity culture. And again here, he's coming back to that because it has such a... So, <laughs> the, the, the power of celebrity is more dangerous than most Americans think. We're completely blind to how powerful it is. So he's coming back to this with, with them, and he's, he's saying to them, uh, we need to see people not for, not for their popularity or their celebrity, but we need to see people based upon new creation. And so he's now talking about his mission 
in light of Christ's new creation. Verse 14, it's motivated in love, for the love of Christ urges us on because we are convinced that one has died for all, therefore all have died. Uh, When I was a youth pastor, friends, I, um, I was a junior high youth pastor. Can I get a witness? Uh, and it, it was a long time ago in a, a suburb far, far away. And uh, I, I remember having a, a winter retreat um, with, uh, and I, I was preaching on the wheat and the tares the entire weekend. And I invited all of our junior high uh, uh, youth group people to bring their friends. And I remember, this is about uh, 15, 16 years ago, I remember preaching over and over again about um, the danger of uh, the tares. And I remember this, this, this precious little seventh grader named Kristen coming up to me in tears, telling me um, that she did not want to go to hell. I had, I had literally scared the hell out of her. Now, um, I don't know what happened to Kristen. We prayed uh, the prayer because I was a good junior high youth pastor and I knew how to do that. We prayed a prayer for her to receive Jesus into her heart. And uh, I trust that God's at work in that. God's gracious to us and he works even when when we would want to redo on what we've done. God's gracious to us. But uh, I, I notice what Paul says here is different than how I was moved and motivated at that time. I think I would have told you I was motivated by love, but, but really, um, really I was uh, more motivated by uh, a sense of uh, these kids have to get it. You have to understand that I'm right. Love says, I don't want you to experience separation from God. That's, love does say that. But scaring the hell out of someone isn't the same as loving the heaven into them. Uh, my, I'm a pastor and I own a business part-time, but my full-time job is I'm a, I'm a dad and a husband. <laughs> and um, I have a 10 and a 6-year-old, and I, I figured out how to pull the right levers with my 10 and 6-year-old to get them to obey me. Like I can scare them into obedience. I'm only 5'10", 185 pounds, but to a 10 and a 6-year-old, I'm a giant. <laughs> um, but, but if I do that, and especially my 10-year-old, um, I scare them into performing externally for me to avoid consequences. But uh, I'm not motivated by love, and they don't learn how to be motivated by love. If the love of Christ compels us in mission, friends, what does this mean? It means a few things. God cares about it more than we do, so pressure on us to accomplish something for God is off. Love does not coerce or control people. It honors their agency and gives them responsibility. That's what love does. The pressure is off. Two, We can trust love to do the work of the kingdom. We don't need to add to it. Love is the most important thing in the New Testament. And and friends, we as a a community of Christians, we don't trust love enough. We think we... Love's good for like little kids and like um, 
old grannies with cats, but like for like real world stuff, like running a church, leading a family, we need something more than love. We can trust love to get the job done. And we need, we need to learn how to proclaim love as, uh, as it really is. We need, we, if, if love is this important, like we need to be really clear on what it is. We can't do new creation mission if we get love wrong. If love is a sentiment, if, it's love, if we allow love to just be sexualized, then we can't do new creation mission. Friends, as you think about your journey to Jesus, what compelled you? What, what brought you into the kingdom? Was it fear or guilt or shame? Maybe it was FOMO. Maybe all your friends are Christians and you, you just had to get in. <laughs> Today, whatever it is, God's used it, right? You're here this morning. Maybe you lost a bet and that's why you're here. I don't know. But you're here this morning. Today, you're invited to trust God's acceptance of you as your grounding, orienting center of existence. That's your invitation today. If you've never trusted that. Because the good news that Christ's new creation mission is motivated by love. God wants nothing other in you than his love. Nothing else. It's mediated in love and it's, it's a message of love. This is the reconciling, redeeming, restoring, reordering way we see people. The old is gone, the new has come. Friends, when we have this love at the core of our being, it changes the way we see the world. It's not only motivated by love, but it's mediated in love. Paul says from now on, therefore, verse 16, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ, from a human point of view, we no longer know him that way. If anyone was in Christ, behold. <laughs> like the Greek here is funny. Uh, it just means, it's like, a, um, it's like a clap. It's like a boom shakalaka. I mean, it's kind of boom shakalaka is what it is. So let me, let me read it that way. Uh, so if anyone was in Christ, there is a new creation. Boom shakalaka. Everything old has passed away. Everything has become new. Doesn't that, that kind of gives us a little more of like what's going on here. Paul's, it's like a, I don't know if you're on Twitter, there's like people clap their tweets sometimes. Here, get this. That's what Paul's doing here. It's mediated in love, meaning we, it's not only just something that moves us, but it, 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 it's communicated to us in love. If we regard no one from a human point of view, what does this mean? It means this simply, friends. Christians don't have enemies. You have an enemy. It's not flesh and blood. We don't have enemies. Whoever we want to reach in love has to be someone we can see with new creation eyes. The old is gone. You may have once regarded those idiots, that Hispanic person that parks next to you, the president, those liberals, as an enemy, but no longer. The old is gone. Who is most difficult for you to see from a new creation perspective? We just went through Thanksgiving, friends. Um, 
And that's a time when we are around a lot of people we're very familiar with. Right? Family members. It can be the best of times and it can be the worst of times. Some of us have a hard time regarding from a non-earthly perspective those we're most familiar with. Family can be really hard. People who are closest to us have the most opportunity to hurt us. And so we often are tempted to see people that we know really well, not through new creation eyes. It's funny because that's one side of the ditch. The most familiar can be the most hard, but also the most distant or different, the thems, the Hispanic person that parks next to you, that you maybe don't have any Hispanic friends, and he's with somebody named Jaleel Muhammad, so you know you may even, if you don't have any Hispanic friends, uh, confuse a a Latino person with a Middle Eastern person. You know what I mean? Like you may just not have eyes to see difference or distinction. But because this new creation mission is mediated with love, we regard no one from a human perspective. Christ has died for all and all have died. I mean, this is why I read Jose's story. He refused to let this woman dictate how he saw her. Did you catch that? He utterly refused to let her demonic, antagonistic, scapegoating frame change the way he saw her. And he held out who she was and who God was to her fiercely. I mean, we get this picture of love that it's just weak and namby-pamby and wishy-washy. Are you kidding me? Looking at somebody who's violently assaulting you and holding out love and reconciliation to them is the most fierce, courageous, tenacious posture you can take. It is much easier to spew violence and vitriol at someone. That's a cowardly thing to do, not a new creation empowered by love thing to do. Who in your life do you see from a human point of view? currently. Who is really hard for you to see? And maybe it's someone like this woman in the story that we'd all go, gosh, boy, she really needs an attitude adjustment. She could have done with some more Mr. Rogers growing up. You know, like we, we probably would be like, you know, right? Like, at the, and in the South, they say, bless her heart. In the North, we'd be like, check yourself. <laughs> right? Who, before you wreck yourself, who is it, who is it that's particularly hard for you to see from this new creation perspective? Who do you tend to default to regard from a human perspective? Who is your enemy? Who do you scapegoat? Who's the problem? Who's to blame? Who's guilty? Today, friends, the good news is that new creation mission in Christ is motivated by love. It's mediated in and by love. So that mediation of love means you can learn to regard them as new creation. God wants to rob you of that bitterness, that resentment, that blame, that anger, that fear. It's usually motivated by fear, friends. That anger that woman is feeling is a cover, it's a protector for fear. And you can tell because she breaks down. When, when love hits fear, fear dissipates. And then she's just undone. 
feeling strong enough to conquer fear. Where do you need that love today? Because it's a reconciling, redeeming, reordering love. It wants to change the way you see people, even those idiots. Because all things are new. Even the way you see, even the way I see, all things are new. Motivated by love. It's a message, or it's mediated in and, 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 and with love. And it's a message of love, of reconciliation. Paul says, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry or the service of reconciliation. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors and we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Notice, friends, this is not about God reconciling God to us. God didn't have the problem. I got to say this because there's entire theological systems built on the misunderstanding that the actual problem was God couldn't love us until Jesus did something about it. Not true. The problem was never with God. God is love. His posture towards us is one of invitation and empowerment. He will give us as much of his spirit that we can possibly bear. And the people who go away sad are the people who say no. We have the problem, not God. We have the problem, not God. We needed to be reconnected to God because God has stood in the center of history as one unchanging, wanting to be reconciled to us. So then our message then is, is one of reconciliation. I mean, this is a Christian-y kind of religious word, but it means reconnection, wholeness of relationship. It involves forgiveness, but it but it actually transcends forgiveness because it, it actually means that there's a, u- a unity, a oneness, a togetherness. This is why we talk about grace and truth around here. That's why we use grace and truth in our discipleship programs, our discipleship process and our DNA groups because uh, the fundamental part of our mission is peacemakers. Reconciling. And we need to become competent in that. The cross of Christ undoes all us versus them. Christ has died for all. And so the, minister, so, so the good news isn't, hey, Christ died for some people. I'm not sure if it's you or not, but why don't you call out for forgiveness and maybe God will tell you it's you. No, Christ died for everyone. All have died. This is, this is not like a game God's playing where he's got his favorites And then he's got the people that from beginning were created so he could torture them forever. This isn't what's going on in Paul's thought at all. Paul's saying, everyone has died. This is what it's like. It's like that parable Jesus has in Matthew 13, 44, where he says that it's the shortest parable in the Gospels. It's one verse. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden in a field. And when the and when the owner, when the, when the farmer finds the treasure, he goes off and sells everything he has so he can dig up that treasure. The message isn't, hey, some of you Christ died for, some of you no. 
Try to be reconciled to God and we'll find out who you are. The message is, all y'all have a treasure in a field. Dig it up. Sell all you have, dig it up. And our, our message isn't, you awful, filthy sinner. Why haven't you sold everything yet? I don't see a shovel laying around. Why don't you have a shovel yet? You know what you could do with that treasure? Think of all the things. you Think of all the people you could... But no, you're too... so. No, it's go get that treasure. You have a treasure. God's reconciled himself. You to himself. He's, God's reconciled you to himself. Go get it. Dig it up. This is who you are. You're my sister in Christ. And I love you regardless of if you love me. Dig up that treasure, Jose said to her. So friends, the way we become new creation ministers of mission is we focus on learning how to proclaim reconciliation, wholeness and forgiveness right here to each other. We become gospelers who hold out new creation to each other. When I disappoint you or frustrate you, I will. I'm not going to ask for witness because there'd be a handful. But I will. I will. But we have new creation. Christ's resurrection in us so we know how to deal with that. We are reconciling people. We learn how to forgive. That's our ministry here and then in the world. We learn to see ourselves like this, new creation. I mean, if we can't see other Christians like this, we have no hope of seeing a Jalil Muhammad or a Jose Valentino Ruiz or this unnamed southern woman like that as well. Today we proclaim the good news that Christ's new creation mission is motivated by love, mediated in love, and a message of love. It's reconciling. It's redeeming. It's reordering. It changes the way we see and how we relate to other people. The old is gone. The new has come. Friends, we need to respond to this. Um, we're going to talk more about this on Tuesday night. So we have a class on Tuesday nights. Um, you can figure out how to get there through our email or ask one of us and we'll give you the link. But we don't preach on Sundays to become smarter. We preach on Sundays to hear and respond. And we don't, uh, we're going to do that the rest of our service. The rest of our service is a response. But we're going to respond immediately to this good news through, with prayer. Um, and we're going to uh, respond with uh, praise or thanksgiving and petition. So if you notice your booklet. I always want to give a page number when I say look at your booklet, but then I realize we don't have any. Um, this is the prayer of response to the good news. God, thank you for reconciling us to you and each other in Christ. Enable us to see blank with the love of your new creation. Friends, where, what are you seeing from an old fleshy perspective? Where does God's resurrection in Jesus Christ need to change the way you perceive the world? Who, what, where? Maybe it's your kids, your spouse. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's yourself today. 
And then you will say, uh, you'll say, Lord, in your mercy, committing it to the Lordship of Jesus, and then we'll all agree and submit it to God by saying, hear our prayer. Let's pray now. God, thank you for reconciling us to you and to each other in Christ. Enable us to see, uh, enable me to see uh, angry, fearful white people, my people, with the love of your new creation. Uh, give me the eyes that Jose had for that woman, Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer.